Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We all have a movie that we watch probably at too young of an age that either got us into horror movies or kept us away from horror movies. Today, we are going to review a movie that scarred me for most of my life. Welcome in, everybody, to another horror movie review. As always, I am your host, Rob Coakley, joined, as always, by Dave Wilkins. What's up, Rob Coakley? I'm excited for this one. And joined by Jesse Wilkins. Thank you for having me. And we have a special treat for everybody. I have two of my good friends from the football industry that I actually review movies with almost every Wednesday during the NFL season, Rich Rebar and John Daigle. What's going on, gentlemen? Thank you for joining us for this horror movie review. I'm glad we could make it happen. We were, we were supposed to do it last summer, uh, and we're finally getting into it now. It's, it's an absolute gem. I can't wait yeah. to talk I, about it. Has anyone ever come on this podcast and admitted they don't watch horror movies previously? Because if not, I'd like to be the first to drop I'm my sorry. ego and admit it. I hate well, to break it to you, but you're not. It's I am actually okay. <laughs> No, it's, it's actually been good because Jesse was not a horror movie person when we started this show. So we get a lot of fresh takes or a fresh set of eyes on some of these movies. So myself and Dave have probably seen most of the movies going back years and years, but I would guarantee Jesse, I'm guessing you did not see Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Absolutely not. So, and this, as we're going to talk about, was the very first horror movie that I remember watching. And like, I was like four years old, but before we get into it, Dave, can you hit us with a synopsis? Yes. When teenagers, Mike and Debbie see a comet crash outside their sleepy small town, they investigate and discover a pack of murderous aliens who look very much like circus clowns. They try to warn the local authorities, but everyone assumes their story is a prank. Meanwhile, the clowns set about harvesting and eating as many people as they can. It's not until they kidnap Debbie that Mike decides it's up to him to stop the clown's bloody rampage. Now, I saw this movie many, many years ago by accident, actually. I think I, I fell asleep watching something else and woke up and this was on. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And uh, I couldn't stop watching it because it, so, it was so bizarre. <laughs> But I, I initially wrote it off as just a, a bunch of nonsense, which, to be fair, it pretty much is. But when I went back and rewatched it, I was really able to appreciate the nonsense because this movie is an absolute blast. It's hilarious. It is completely off the wall ridiculous, but it's self-aware. They know that they're being ridiculous. It's not like they were trying to be something else and ended up being ridiculous, which could be kind of dumb. Could be amusing, too. But this movie, I thought, was really just a, a really fun time all around yeah and off the bat they became self-aware because it was originally just going to be called killer clowns mm -hmm. and they didn't want to be mixed up with a slasher movie and they didn't want it to get mistaken as such so then they added the from outer space to differentiate and let you know that it's got a sci-fi twist to it and that it's absolutely not just killer clowns that are walking around killing people which you obviously pick up on right away with ufos and all this kind of stuff and you understand it's a b movie right off the bat and it's a wacky movie and it's a hell of a lot of fun and it's very silly but it's it's a it's a wild ride it's a lot of fun rich i'm gonna kick it to you because we 
initially have been talking about movies longer than, you know, we talk about football most of the time. So what is your history with this movie? Did you, is this your first time watching or had you seen it in the past? Oh yeah. This is one of my original like horror movies that I've seen. It's not the first horror movie I've seen. The first horror movie uh, I ever seen was a movie called the dolls. I don't know if you've ever gone back and, and checked mm-hmm. this out. It's a movie where, toys come to life and that was actually the worst way to get introduced into kids <laughs> movies as a movies as kids but uh this was right in my wheelhouse you know i'm uh, i think i'm a couple years older than than you rob so i don't know how jesse and dave how old you guys are but i might be the oldest one out of all of us so this came out like right where i was like right around like you know like like eight ten years old and i was like right in that wheelhouse of like my parents were like ah yeah you know at that at that, <laughs> that time like approaching like the late 80s early 90s because this one has kind of like that mix of like what that era of movies was you have like uh, you know about 30 percent dash of like male misogyny you got a little bit of like uh class uh, clashing in there a little bit a little bit of casual racism thrown in uh which is always oh yeah in that era um but then you know you had those movies that were like PG-13, PG, but the bar was pushed. And this movie had like just like that that brush against the edge. Like you got, I think you got two f bombs. There's no nudity, but there's like the, like I said, enough sexual content in there for like a ten year old not to be seeing it really. But mm-hmm. uh, this was right in that right in that strike zone for me. I have I have a lot of fond memories of this movie, like seeing it really younger than I should have been, and at that time. <laughs> I do believe it was one F-bomb because in PG-13 movies, you're allowed to have one and they use it wonderfully with the cop who was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> he, was in this. The best. he was the best character. John Vernon crushed it. This For sure. Character yeah. in this movie. He, yeah. he came in with the sole purpose to act his ass off and he delivered. He uh, did. And it, uh, the best part about his character is he never shook that, that I don't believe this bullshit scenario. I mean, as the movie's going on, the entire town is calling the police department and just trying to get help. And he's just like, you're not going to pull one on over me. They're all in, in on it. <laughs> entire town. And he I just don't... keeps going. The clown's in the goddamn station with him. <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> you, you're he, not going to fool me. And even that moment when he's playing the puppet, he was acting wonderfully. I don't know how many have seen it on this show so far, but... My girlfriend and I were laughing because he basically portrayed the role of Mike Mustard, who's a big deal right now. If you've seen American Nightmare, the Netflix true crime documentary, because he's basically a policeman who was told this far-fetched story about kidnapping and sexual assault and just didn't believe it whatsoever. That's what Mooney was in this movie. He was the cop who was convicted of one outcome and didn't want to listen to anything else. So he poured the glass of Jack and just sat back and said, (laughs) "Uh, I had harder days in war. I'm not going to be fooled by these kids. There's yeah. a lot. He's, he's a very meta character with the times, uh, if we want to bring it yeah. in. And then uh, th- there's definitely, I think, so, some meta conversation to have around this, uh, have around this movie after we have our fun with it, too, though. Diggle, was this your first time watching this movie? It was, yes. And I don't know how deep you want me to go into it, but I always love the, the 80s nostalgia. I love everything about the music. Uh, the costumes. No, not one single person in this movie had normal hair. Whatever we no. deem normal, not <laughs> one single person like actually woke up and just left the house with it. They all had mullets or perms or whatever was stylish back in that time. Really, my big takeaway though, something I could not get off my mind the entire film was I don't know if there's a number two, a number three. I don't know if there's a prequel. I don't know if it goes beyond this cult classic, but I do 
even if it's like me carrying out this order, I want a sequel. Oh, I'm sorry. I want a prequel of how Pooh the dog and the farmer got to that house. Like, what did they <laughs> yeah. do throughout their life to end up in that home and then eventually have that ending? Yeah, I mean, like, it's a dense forest that he's walking with his dog, which is yeah. great for farmland. Yeah. <laughs> why is he there? It makes no sense as to and why he's there. And then he's so excited thought, about hot dogs. Well, not yeah. even that. Like, his first thought is like, what? I found a circus in the middle of the woods. Let's go to try to get free tickets. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how you get yeah. free tickets. Well, yeah. like they, his first thought was, "How can we, we're going to score so many hot dogs and tacos out of Hell this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he's living the dream. And who but eats then, hot dogs with tacos? Like, who's there? Th- who's like the thing? Like, you know what? I want a hot dog and a taco together. I guess the question I, is, is, I haven't been to a, Sorry. Is it is a taco a hot dog? Oh, or is a hot dog a taco? It's meat inside. It's got the same shape. I think we've mm. had this conversation before. It's been years since I've been to a circus, but I can't remember ever being at a circus where they serve tacos. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Maybe outside, maybe it's more of a fair setting, but I, I could see a food truck set up at a at a circus that might be selling hot dogs. I was oh, hot dogs, yeah, not tacos. I was actually in the Russian circus. I got pulled in from the crowd in Moscow. Oh, and okay. Acted Whoa. out a moment Wait. in the circus, Man, but I, I only. Say- I only say that story to confirm there's no hot dogs at Russian circuses, just to let you know. You have to start off. There's a lot more backstory that you need to get to. Like, how the fuck did you end up at a circus in Moscow? Let's start with that. I believe what happened is... You were at a party just in New to, York. Not to wake the podcast out. down, because the point is to talk about this movie. But I was traveling Moscow for a couple of months. And went to a circus with a couple with a few friends in the area. And I believe they were friends, picking us out yeah. as we went to the bar or the bathroom area. And the light was spinning because they asked for two guests in Russian. And the light spun and I couldn't believe it when like it literally the spotlight stopped on me. So I walked down and the guy, fortunately, the main clown, the host, spoke both Russian and English. So he'd like be yelling in Russian to the crowd. And then he looks at me and he makes funny noises about a barbarian. Cause I'm supposed to be the barbarian. He's like, oh, oh, oh. And then like, as I walk by him, he whispers me to me in English. He's like, don't kill the lady. I said, okay, cool. And so then that seems like the most Russian thing to say. Like they probably say that all said, the time. Don't kill the lady. He said, yeah, they, say the that, lady. they say that in almost every scenario that I can imagine over there. So he gives me a sword and then I just walk and I don't hit her. And then he's joking with the crowd about how I'm supposed to kill the lady with the sword, the woman he pulls down from the crowd. And then eventually it just comes this Greek tragedy where he gets someone else and then he's the one who eventually kills the lady. And then I walk over and then I say, I can't kill the guy. And then he literally whispered in my ear. He said, everything must die. And he kills me and I fall flat and the crowd cheered. And that was literally the story. It okay, was like it was I like think, secession, but in the Russian circus. I think I'm having a hard Bert, time figuring this out. Did, I so think Bert Kreischer made a about this. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was luckily all rubber swords, which I guess okay. you wouldn't guess from a Russian circus, but all rubber. I would think that if in that scenario, if he grabbed me, it was like kill the lady. I'd be like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Just let me get out of this. I'll do, yeah, I'll do whatever you tell me to let me walk out of this country. Yeah. Uh, I have so many questions, but I'm not going to ask any of them because I feel like we need to get back to this movie. But that I had a lot of questions. So I'll get into my backstory with this movie a little bit. I was four years old when I watched this movie for the first time. And this is um, theaters. (laughs) No, it came out in 88, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I was born in 85. So four years old, about 1989. And this is the problem with having young parents. My father was 21 years old at the time and was just like, you know what? Let them watch killer clowns from outer space. It'll be fine. Nobody will care. Like, he won't be scared to death. Rewatching this movie now, a lot of it is silly, but I still fully understand why I had a clown phobia for all these years because these suits are still terrifying looking. Like, if you're a child, these mm -hmm. clowns are scary as fuck. Like, well, this it, is, so while, this, while this movie is pretty silly, there are some scenes that are kind of scary, like legitimately scary. Like mm -hmm. when the clown was using the cop as a puppet. Yeah. He had that really mm -hmm. like dark voice. Like that was actually a scary scene. Yeah. That, Which that was kind of cool because, you know, like a scene before he's like, he's on the phone. He's like, you're not making, you're not going to make a puppet out of me or something. Like oh, that. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, sure enough, that doesn't catch that point. Like, yeah. yeah yeah it's a little little guy little nugget there but if if other things that you can catch in this or other things that i did find a little bit off-putting because it's real goofy like the movie's obviously very silly and the cotton candy thing is like it's just such a silly element to it but that was another scene that was scary is when exactly they open the cotton candy and the dead little bodies inside. It. yeah they're just decaying inside it's like it, it was actually kind of cool. So th there were some of those scenes. And then the scene that I was so glad that they did something with it. He just shoots him with popcorn. I was like, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's a clown thing to do. But then the, the popcorn ended up being little like eggs for the babies to grow and stuff. And then they turn into those worm creatures. I love the worm creatures. <laughs> that yeah, was such a great too. scene. That's <laughs> so good. Because she got that popcorn everywhere in that bathroom. They were mm -hmm. in the cabinet. They were in the toilet. They're oh, foods. yeah. Yeah. And those things were creepy. And I'm like, as a child, as a four-year-old, seeing those things pop out of the hamper, I must have just been sitting there like, what the fuck? And then I watched the movie It like two years later. No. So this whole clown thing was just like, you know, because although this movie scared the hell out of me, it also is the reason why I love horror movies. After I watched this movie, I was like, I love this feeling of being scared. So I started watching Child's Play and Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th whenever I could, whether it was a parent letting me or whether it was me sneaking it on TV. I remember the first... uh Friday the 13th I watched because af after watching this, like it just, it kicked off this lifelong love with good and bad horror movies. And I think this is a great combination of both. It is both good and bad. And to your uh, question, John, they did not make a sequel to this movie yet. Yeah, they are, about it. they are trying to make a eight part series for streaming services right now. That is what they're trying to do. But there is also a video game that just came out a few months ago for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I have not played it yet, but I am uh, interested in trying it at some point. Absolutely. I would imagine the series has to be something similar to Stranger Things because Stranger Things kind of hit all the notes of the nostalgia too, except mm. you would need to make it much campier like this movie does. Mm -hmm. they, they were trying to make a sequel for a long time. It got in development how they were trying to make it so that the main character, Mike, was just one of those guys that became not just Mike, Mike Tobacco. Yeah, Mike, Mike Tobacco. tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike Tobacco. What a what a name. What an absolute name. Anyways, um, he was supposed to be like the town crazy person after this, and he was gonna always talk about the clowns coming back, and then they finally come back, but that clearly never happened and was not made. And now they're talking about the eight-part miniseries just continuing the story of the clowns. 
I don't know what that story is. They all blew up, but <laughs> yeah. Um, that well, is one thing, one thing I can say that I liked about this movie, there's actually a few things specifically that I liked about this movie, particularly. And one, it was under 90 minutes. If this was a really mm -hmm. long movie, that would have been really stupid. Yeah. And it was, it came in, it ended right when it needed to end. And the other thing that I liked that it didn't do is it didn't try and explain the aliens. It didn't try and give like a stupid backstory or a reason why they came or anything like that. They just said, here is a horrifying situation that happened. It happened. That's all you get. And I, that's usually a problem when movies, they have something, especially something ridiculous like this. And then they try and explain it. Like it's ever going to make sense. You can't possibly make sense out of something like this. It's too ridiculous. And I love that they didn't even try to do that. Like so many movies do and fail. Yeah, I mean, that's the the big, like, kind of thing that they try. Like, when they get all the main characters together, when they're going to, like, kind of, like, the the, the third act scene, the, 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 the climax of the movie, they actually kind of toy around with that a little bit when they're all kind of, like, just riffing on, like, well, why they're there. They're, like, you know, I think Mike at one point is, like, maybe they're astronauts, you know, from centuries ago. They're, like, our ideas from clowns come from them. And then, like, the two brothers who are, like, 45 years old running, like, an ice cream stand. Like, absolutely incredible. Um uh, yeah, you know, the, the the ice cream truck, like, are like, you know, maybe they're from a dying plant. They're trying to figure it out. Like, that's what makes, like, original horror movies great to me because that's the scary thing about life, right? Like, and, and we're in a bad time for it because everyone literally is trying to concoct narratives and, like, some backstory for, like, reason for, like, you know, like, the universe to care about our, our individual suffering. But, like, literally just, like, life is random. And, like, yeah. that's what I love about, like, the original, like, horror movies. Like, stuff that just happens. Because <sighs> that's the scariest thing about real life is that everyone wants to justify, like, you know, your life having, like, this um, amazing meeting. But, like, existence is very largely random. It is. And <laughs> life is relevant here because those Terenzi brothers are definitely doing life for non-consensual acts, like right now <laughs> in whatever universe we're living in. I'm worried about those two guys for sure. They thought the um, ice cream would seal the deal, man. But <laughs> I think with these aliens, that was kind of cool is no two aliens looked alike. They had a mm. whole bunch of different ones. Uh, mm. I, I love the effects on this. It was super cool. Then you get these worm creatures in the bathroom that we discussed. Those didn't look anything like each other or the other ones. You get the final boss, like this big zombie clown thing that Godzilla like clown. Yeah, Godzilla clown or whatever. So the, you get all different forms of these things and you make it it makes you think like are these what these aliens actually look like or are they just playing to people's fears or it, they just leave it completely open while they try to explain a little bit of it away. They, they really got no answers. And I thought this movie was, was great. Like I said, obviously I knew right away what it was. I knew it was goofy. The ending kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. It was a cool ending where a lot of people died and then none of them were dead. But <laughs> for the very end of the movie, you get the pies that landed on them. And if you remember what happened nope. to the security guard at the amusement park, those pies killed that guy. Yep. So mm. they might be dead at the end because the pies yep. did land on them. So it was, it was a, I, I, I wish the ending wasn't as stupid because I mean, the whole movie's stupid, but with them landing in the clown car, how the hell did they get in the clown car? And why is that clown car safe? You dropped that. That, so that was, that, uh, that was the alternate ending. The original yeah. ending was the cop died. And then mm. they said, this is too dark. We kind of want to have more of an upbeat ending. So they, they changed it and added the the that clown car that came out. And that's why it seemed to come out of nowhere because it was an afterthought. Yeah, it was after it's, it's not a super dark movie, but there is a high body count. 
The risk yeah. of the whole town is in, it, it is basically wiped out, but a little too much plot armor for the ending that they did choose. Also, like the Ice Cream Brothers, we saw that vehicle epically explode. And then like, uh, we climbed in the freezer with the ice cream. Yeah, it's, it's uh, just, it makes sense. <laughs> what are you talking about? Save your life. Perfect sense. <laughs> That's even the even the writers were trying to get the hell out of there at the end. They're like, <laughs> yeah, throw, so... throw all these answers and responses at the very end, and then cut the credits. Like that's it's week eighteen, baby. It's I love it because essentially the the movie is basically kind of over, and like you just know either there was a director or like one of the primary writers was like, no, we're getting to my giant clown. the the whole his whole his whole goal that movie is like i've got like a giant you know king kong planned clown and like we're getting to this somehow yeah (laughs) i and for that one originally was they were going to use like the claymation stop yeah animation or whatever and they ended up just using forced perspective and green screen and stuff and it was I thought it came out great. I, I didn't really notice any difference, but maybe they tried it with the uh, claymation and it just looked like a was terrible, terrible Star it came Trek out, or something. It, yeah, those graphics came out much better with the green screen than a quick like two second animation of the baby clown riding the imaginary bike. Whenever that thing passed chasing <laughs> the car, I was like, okay, I'm glad they kept that to two seconds because it was very obviously poorly done. Yeah. I want to talk about the pharmacy scene real quick. Okay. Because okay. loved it. The pharmacist had the worst ADR I have ever heard in my entire life. And not only did he have terrible ADR, they just kept cutting to the same clips of them over and over <laughs> and over again. It wasn't even like new clips. It was like if you watch it, they recycled the same clip like three or four times. They got this really bad ADR. And then two minutes later, they come back, show the same scenes again, and then actually have his real voice talking on the phone. So you get this whole different voice in the beginning. And then you get this, get his actual voice when he calls the police station. It was just um, very 80s, very like, all right, we can ADR align. So we are going to ADR align right now. I just loved what they did in that scene with the clowns. They're just in there, just tossing shit off the yeah. shelves, just all nonchalantly, just making a big ass mess for no reason whatsoever. It was, it, I love that scene because it was just so pointless and stupid. And yeah. that's fun. Super stupid. Another scene that was terrifying is the one where the clowns waiting outside the, the burger restaurant trying to lure the little girl oh, he's holding yeah. the it's like man that is actually like a really dark and sinister and creepy scene and how is no one else seeing this eight foot clown outside the window other than this little girl <laughs> yeah it makes you wonder if she was the only one that could see it there it kind of leaves more to the imagination and then the yeah. scene that didn't make sense that was slightly enjoyable was you got the ice cream bros and they fall in the ball pit and the two girl clowns come up and you're like, oh, these guys are done for. But no, they just they just had sex with them. They come back with like a big lipstick marks all over them. Yeah. Yeah, they just had sex. Finally. I thought I thought a really cool scene was the Crescent Cove cutaway and the theme song, the music hit, that like gnarly 80s synth mm. sound. And then it's like the two or three clowns. It didn't overstay its welcome either. It's like three to five clowns slowly begin marching towards the Crescent Cove five miles away sign as they walk towards the street. I thought that yeah. was pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was cool. I also liked the parade when they were just kind of going down the street. <laughs> yeah. And just casually just zapping people. And it, it was it was goofy, but it was really eerie and kind of unsettling. So there's a lot of this movie that I was, I was like, if I watched this when I was a kid, I, I would have been horrified. Probably. Yeah, Rob, the, the score to this movie rules. First of all, I have the did. theme yes. song, the theme song rules. And like Daigle said, like that, that the score on that scene where they're all walking towards the town is, is awesome, man. You got mm-hmm. like that. 
that the you know the the, the punk rock kind of soundtrack to this that, that just works really well. Um, my thing is the the checklist for the the gags, right? Like you've got clowns, right? So like, how are we going to have them? You know, take people. We we've got the cotton candy stuff to tie in, but all of the actual clown gags that were tied in, like they really ran like the full gambit. Yeah. I love the scene where uh, Debbie's going to jump out of her window, and they're all just under like waiting to catch her in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and then you got like, the the tiny doors the clown cars you got the mallet they, they just run through the whole checklist they oh, did I, the, the squirt gun flower yep that was that was good because it didn't end up being anything deadly you just did it because he was a clown yeah. the other one that i really liked was when they when they um hit the security guard with all those pies it was a big yep. pile of pies the one of them at the end when he's just literally just burning to death or whatever, just melting away. He just comes and places a giant cherry on top. And then I'm glad no one said my favorite because I literally laughed out loud whenever the clown was doing shadow puppets and did oh. the George Washington crossing the Delaware River <laughs> yeah. with, with his fingers. I was like, that's really intelligent. Actually. I know. I like how it kept cutting back and forth to the intricate yeah. shadows that are on the wall and his like big cumbersome fingers that could never possibly create that shadow. <laughs> that's a clever yeah, those gloves. <laughs> yeah, all of that was good. I mean, one of my favorites was the balloon dogs. So just oh, the balloon yeah. dog was so good. <laughs> the balloon dog was... Just to just to be like the the, <laughs> the hunter down. It's like these are all done. It's it's horror comedy done well, without being too. I mean, it's over yeah. the top, but not. I don't know. It's like it's self aware, but not to the point that it's annoying. You know what right. I mean? There's a yeah. lot of self aware horror movies that are just. It's just obnoxious. You yeah, just it's don't not. It's that. it hasn't reached Sharknado levels. It's it's right. good. I love Sharknado. <laughs> It was such first, a good time. <laughs> the first one was so much fun to watch. It really uh, was. But it, the whole movie is just, it's its a blast. It's, to your point, the score, I missed this about 80s horror movies. They all had like their own created score for them, like, or their own theme song. This was a theme song, like its own theme right. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they did this, like Alice Cooper did one for, I believe, Nightmare on Elm Street or, or Friday the 13th. Like you would get, these customized songs to open and close movies for these. And it's like, we need more of that again. That's, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Like that was so awesome. So even as a hip hop enthusiast, like Bonnie Tyler, I need a hero is my favorite song of all time because (laughs) it hits all the notes. I want, like I need the piano. I need the synth. I need everything like that. This movie has literally everything you want from eighties music. It was great. Nails it. The one thing I would have liked a little more of is they did all this stuff. I speaking of the eighties, I would have loved a little montage of the clowns killing the the townspeople in oh. different clown ways a little bit more. Like maybe we get a dunk take or something like that to that mm. effect. Some more just more circus related clown stuff, like a 30 second, 45 second montage or that a couple minute fun. montage. That that would have been a little bit more fun. And you could have set it to the theme song or something like that. You get it with the puppet show a little bit. Right, like yeah. if you could add more of that, that the little puppet show was fun. Well, they the were guy, they're all kind of largely playful, except for the invisible car where he just like runs that other dude off the road and like, and like yeah, and like I'm yeah. like, oh, this guy, this that's like one of the darker deaths. Yeah, I mean, even even the boxing one was playful, and yeah. he just comes up, puts on the boxing gloves, and just punches the dude's head off. It's like, <laughs> what are you gonna knock my block off? Yep, that's also happening. that dude was kind of a jerk and deserved it. Like, he imagine if a little it. clown came over with his little colorful bike. Yeah, but yeah also I mean, rolling up on the motorcycle, dude. That was great. It was it was a great time to that. 
Yeah, it was very good. There was another 80s trope where you would just bring the the horror killer to to fight a biker gang yeah. all the time. Always. Just <laughs> always. I mean, you had it in Friday the 13th, you had it in this, you had it in Terminator, right? So like you just get this you get this constantly from the 80s, but hey, works every time for me. I'm all for it. Is there anything else we wanted to hit on this movie in particular, gentlemen? I don't think so. I think I covered everything I wanted to talk about. Any negatives? Does anyone have anything negative to say about it? Not really. There were a couple of little things that I noticed that didn't quite add up, like real little stupid things. Like mm -hmm. when Mike was in the back of the cop car and they go to drop Debbie off, Debbie gets out and Mike lets himself out of the back of the cop car. That's, <laughs> that's not how cop cars work. <laughs> but like, who cares? I mean, stu stupid, a couple of little things like that. There was an arm in one of the puppets that you could see in the bathroom scene. Um, mm. So little stuff like that. It was a super low budget movie. 1.8 million was the budget crushed the box office 43 43 million so but, weird uh, that it didn't have a sequel right now it is kind of weird they tried I, they tried a bunch of times just yeah. it's something they kept running into issues with it yeah and then you also had horror really changed in the 90s so this kind of came at the tail end of that 80s mm -hmm. era the, the i have two quick observations that i just wanted to bring up um we talked about the farmer there's something about the, the elder actors in the 80s that came clearly from like the 30s and 40s. And they really, really over hammer it up like they're still in a in like a silent film or like in the first quote unquote talkies where they're just like so over the top. And that's what this farmer was. The I'm not saying I hate it. That was the pharmacist's eyes, like the way he looked as well. It was like really over the top. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Yep. And just, the other the other flaw that I noticed that was just a little particular. I actually rewound it just to make sure I didn't miss something was when they were pursuing the clown car in the ice cream truck and they had the police car chasing him. He's like, you got to pull over. There's the cops. And he grabs the steering wheel. When he grabs the steering wheel, the car screeches to a stop. Like that's not how a car stop. <laughs> but, and I rewatched it again. I was like, ah. I mean, maybe he stamped, stomped on the brakes when he grabbed the wheel. It could, could happen, but it just seemed like the grabbing of the wheel stopped the car. That is precisely what I would do if I was driving. If somebody if grabbed, grabbed the wheel, the, wheel, yeah, the first thing I'd do is jack on the brakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like right. the, 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 you had the, the same trope you always get where uh, Mike and Debbie are trying to get to the police station and he just like rolls up on the curb and wrecks into the car in front of him. It's like, you don't have to drive. Like, you yeah. still just drive normal and park normal. <laughs> like, I don't like, but that happens so much in like movies and stuff, but it never would have really happened. You have to show the sense of urgency. <laughs> um, the other one that I, that I thought was just kind of comical, the actor that was playing the cop, Dave, the younger cop. I, I felt like he just, he thought he was going to get like a Scorsese movie after this. He just, there were some scenes that he just over delivered whatever he was trying to do. Just, well, that dude's on like every CSI made now, right? Like that guy. Like, is he really? Yeah. John, I'm pretty sure. Out. Nice. John Allen Nelson. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> good for him. He got it then. He got his CSI role from Killer Clowns from Outer Space because he just, he would just be like, just follow me if you want to live type of deal. Like, like he was just so over dramatic in certain spots and just lines that didn't really like inflictions were just too over the top. I was like, good for you, man. You've definitely seen him. You see him like as a gray haired dude, you'd be like, Oh yeah, I've seen this dude like a thousand times. All right. Fair. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. All right. Do we want to get into some scores for this movie? We do. Dave, I'll, I'll let you start. I got this at four and a half stars. Four and a half. A very strong movie for what it was. It was an intentionally funny movie, very campy, horror comedy. 
it nailed everything that it was trying to do and the very few negatives, honestly. So it was a, it was a lot of fun, a great time. And the eighties is just the absolute best era of horror. Unquestionably, nothing else yeah. is even close. That's true. Uh, let's kick it to one of our guests, Rich. What do you have this movie at? Uh, yeah, I, I will give it a, I'll give it a, a, a four, a solid four. Mm-hmm. Um, just a ton, ton of fun, man. This reminds me of my youth so much. They're just to have a good time. They swerve into all the clown gags. The costumes are great. The soundtrack's great. Uh, just kind of doesn't overextend its day. Everything you want from it. Uh, Jesse, do you want to give us a score here? Yeah, I got it at a four six. It was just because it knew what it was. Like like you guys said, it's self aware. They weren't trying to do something that they weren't really putting out there. It's it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Daigle, the props are great as well, and very rewatchable movie. Like I could see myself rewatching this next week. So yeah, I will I say four point three. There you go. That's a nice score. I'll give one more fact about this movie before I give my score. A couple of the costumes were repurposed and used in Ernest Scared Stupid, I believe, is the, oh, that's the a Ernest. Great movie. I was trying to find the movie because I knew they were repurposed. I knew yep. they they reused and I couldn't find what it was used in. So thank you for they, bringing that up. They look ter- they look terrifying in that as well. I remember that movie as a kid. They Never... just like stuck some fur on them or something, right? Like they were like, No, they painted features? it like skin color almost, okay. like over the over the faces. <laughs> so they were and they made them like trolls. So it's like a whole different and I didn't put it together as a kid. I saw someone post the side-by-side pictures a couple months back, but I'm going to give it a four, seven. And for all the reasons that everybody said, but also because I don't know, this show might not be happening if I didn't watch this particular movie, maybe it still does, but this show, this, this love of the genre for me starts here. It was the first thing that ever scared me on screen that I remember the eighties was terrifying with kids movies too. So we're going to, I almost feel like we have to cover some eighties kids movies that were really scary back in the day, like um, return to Oz. I don't know if you guys remember that one, but that was a very scary uh, kids movie back then. Listen, you got to do the dolls, man. Oh, Jesse has pulled up the repurposed. um, Oh yeah. Look at. (laughs) Yeah. So they, they are. Wow. Yeah. Just as Gosh, terrifying there. Too. I never, I never would have caught it. There's a one more that when they're side by side, they look even more like it. So, yeah, four seven for me. I think that this is a fun, just a fun time to watch. Has some very scary elements to it as well. Would probably not have your four year old kid watch this particular movie if you don't want them to have a clown phobia for you know at least thirty years of their life. I think I'm finally getting over it a little bit at uh, almost forty years old, but who knows? Uh, so uh, before we uh, before we end this and wrap it up, I want to pick the next horror movie to review while we're here right now, since January and February are kind of slow months for horror, mm-hmm. and I don't think anything. Uh, groundbreaking and new is coming out. I'd like to stay in the 80s for the same reason we reviewed this one. The movie that terrified me as a kid also scared the life out of me. I had nightmares. I couldn't sleep at night. The movie stressed me out. And it was so, I haven't gone back and rewatched it yet, but I really want to because I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. If I'm going to be super embarrassed for this being like the ultimate scary movie, but this is also the movie that got me into horror because I've, I just like that feeling of being scared. And it it's was- Bambi. It was Bambi. Got me. <laughs> uh, the, it's 1987's The Gate. The Gates. 
Okay. So in two weeks, we will be reviewing the gate on this channel. So get yourself some time to get that reviewed before we get out of here. Rich, where can the people find you and tell them a little bit about what you do? Uh, listen, I write about fantasy football uh, yes. in, in betting. So you can check me out. I write for sharpfootballanalysis.com. I'm at Lord Reeves on Twitter. Uh, I, I used to have a fun account where I talk about pop culture and stuff and all these things, but I don't do that anymore because social media sucked the soul out of my, out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> if you like football stuff, go check that stuff out. Daigle? Very much the same thing. At not Jay Daigle on Twitter. Lots of football stuff. While we're here, shout out to Rich, though. Football Writer of the Year finalist for all those yes. things. So he's that. the man of the hour. Whoa. Listen, what I will say is of all the people that I am friends with, and I'm not just like giving them props because I'm friends with them, Rich and John are two of the smartest people in the industry. And when I'm looking for something, I always look at their stuff first. So if you are looking to get better in that space or football space, these are the two guys to follow. Make sure you're following them for sure. So you do have smart friends after all. Yeah, not <laughs> you guys. Not us. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. Well, thank you, John and Rich. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll put their information in the show notes below so you can follow them on Twitter. Definitely good fantasy football advice. And uh, always, always a pleasure. Love to have you guys back. You guys are a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. Now the football season's not here. Yeah, yeah. A lot more <laughs> time now. Yeah, let's watch some stupid movies. Come on. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Hometown Ghost Stories Horror Movie Reviews. Thank you. Thanks for John. Thanks for Rich for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Peace.